This is Franz. Welcome to your sample lessons for the Insurance Education Podcast series of audio lessons to help you prepare for the life health portion of the insurance exams. This first lesson is called the Introduction to the Course. It's about 20 minutes in length. If you have any thoughts or suggestions, feel free to write me a note, franz at insuranceexampodcast.com. Now on to the lesson. Welcome to lesson one. This will be an introduction to the course about taking your state exam for selling insurance. In this lesson, we'll talk a little bit about how to actually find the exam, how to sign up for the exam, how to learn more about the exam in your state, and a little bit about what's actually on the exam. Now, this is going to vary from state to state, but it is consistent in a few different factors. We'll talk a little bit about the logistics of actually taking the exam. And then finally, we'll talk about some things that you can do in order to prepare yourself for the exam and do your best while you're taking the exam. Some of these are general test-taking tips. Some things are specific to this exam. But in any case, there are ways to help you do your very best so that you only have to take the exam once. The first thing that you need to remember is that changes can happen to these state exams with short notice. Before you take the test, you should visit www.kfeducation.com. Now, this is the site that's going to show you the different changes that have come up. And these changes, you're going to find them by looking at the blog entries that are listed on the site. Whenever there's a major change, you're going to see it listed on the blog. So check there first. And it's a good idea to check multiple times during your study period. And it's most important to check right before you take the exam to make sure that you have the most updated information. Uh, this can change suddenly and you are held accountable for whatever the most current information is. Before you're given a license to sell insurance, you have to pass this exam and make sure that you understand the different types of insurance coverage as well as the specific state laws and regulations that govern selling insurance in your state. The thing about uh, selling insurance in the United States is that all 50 states have slightly different regulations. It's not enough to know how to sell insurance in other states. You have to be able to demonstrate that you know how to sell insurance in the specific state that you're going for. Let's talk a little bit about what the exam is going to look like so that you know kind of how to study and what you are up against. All questions in the exam are four-part multiple choice. That means you're not going to run up into any essay questions, any short answer questions. Every single question is going to be four-part multiple choice. The number of questions on the exam, however, and how much time you are given is based on the state that you live in. So you might want to check on that before you actually take the test. There's no standard number of questions or a standard length of time that you're given to complete the test. The ballpark is between 50 to 100 questions on your test, and the time can be between one hour all the way up to two and a half hours. So as you can see, that's quite a wide range that it's possible to have. So between 50 and 100, from one hour to two and a half hours. Before you take your test, what you're going to want to do is go to that KF education.com site 
and find a testing center that's in your area so that you can take a test. If you live next to a university or a college, many of these facilities have a testing facility on campus somewhere. And even if you're not going to that particular institution, you can still use their facilities. You usually have to pay some sort of fee to use their facilities, but it's often not that bad. There are also other places that can act as testing centers. I won't go into specifically what they are, but they will be listed on the KF Education site so that you can find out what's closest to you. These testing centers administer all sorts of tests. It's not just people taking the insurance test, they are administering for different licenses, perhaps even for educators, for different people, professionals who are trying to get professional licenses. When you arrive at the center on the day of your test, you have to check in with the center so, and you can't be late. It's very important that you leave with enough time in order to give yourself a window in case something goes wrong. If you're late, you will not be able to take the test unless you notified the testing center in advance and you had a valid reason. Uh, let's say you had a sudden family emergency arise and you needed to go take care of that or that you got in a car accident or on the way or something like that. But you need to tell them in advance because if you just show up and you're late, they are not going to admit you to take the test and you're going to have to reschedule, which is going to be difficult and perhaps expensive. When you check in, make sure that you bring a valid form of photo identification and things that work might include a passport, a driver's license, or some sort of other state-issued photo identification. If you don't bring that, you also are not going to be allowed to take the test. So they have to be sure that you are who you say you are and that you didn't ask someone else to take the test for you. Uh, during the test, you have to place everything that you are carrying in a locker for the duration of the test. You have to empty out your pockets and put literally everything you have in there uh, into a locker. This includes also things that you're wearing, such as jewelry, watches, and especially cell phones. Uh, cell phones are completely prohibited because they might allow you to cheat an assessment. If it's found that you have a cell phone during any portion of the test, you won't be allowed to continue and the results of the test that you've just taken will be invalidated. So it's just not worth it to try to bring a cell phone into the test, even if it's for a completely innocent reason. They just want you to have absolutely nothing so that they can make sure it's completely fair for everyone that takes it. Now one thing to remember about the room that you are in is that it's monitored using cameras. So everything that you're doing can be seen. And that's just to keep everything as honest as possible. So there's that when you finish the test and you get your completed score, that everyone can be as sure as possible that you earned it honestly. You're expected to remain completely silent as a courtesy to other people who are taking tests, but also as a way to ensure that no one's cheating. Before you take the actual test, you complete a tutorial that walks you through how the test is taken. And this is done at a computer. You'll sit down, uh, they will log you on, and then you will have a chance to go through the tutorial to make sure that you understand exactly how everything works before you take the actual test. There's no score given for this part of the test, so don't worry about that. It's just to make sure you know how things work. Now, let's talk about a few things 
few strategies that you can use when you're taking the test. A lot of different tests are different. If you've taken other standardized tests, these things may or may not apply. For example, the first bit of advice that I'm going to give you is that it's okay to guess. If you're taking the SAT, which is another high-profile, high-stakes standardized test, they tell you that it's not a good idea to guess because you get docked points for wrong answers. So if you don't know, they just want you to leave it blank. In this case, you are not docked any points for wrong answers, which means it's a very good idea to, if you're not sure, just take a guess because you've got a one in four chance of getting it right, and that's actually pretty good odds. And you don't have to just guess randomly either. There are definitely ways that you can try to narrow down the answers to find the strongest possibilities and then choose just between those. If you can eliminate even one choice, that gives you a 1 in 3 chance instead of a 1 in 4 chance, which is a lot better. And if you can eliminate two choices, that gives you a 1 in 2 chance, which is half of the time, which is a lot better than a 1 in 4 chance, which is only a quarter of the time. So the more things that you can eliminate, the chances of you selecting the right answer increase dramatically. So go ahead and guess if you don't know what's going on. Also, be careful not to put too much time into any one question. If you encounter a question that is just too difficult for you, like I said, there's no penalty for either guessing or just skipping the question so that you can come back to it later. In a time test like this one, it's in your best interest to get all of the questions answered. That gives you the highest probability that you're going to get a good score. But if you stay on one question too long, you might not get the chance to answer all the questions, even those that might have been easy for you. And so you don't have to do them in any particular order either. You could do five questions, skip five to come back to later, finish the rest, and then come back to those five hard questions. You can take the entire allotted time to go back and check over your answers, which is a great idea. If you finish all of the questions, even if you feel good about your answers, it's a great idea just to go back and to give everything a second look. You never know when you might have accidentally entered an answer that you didn't mean to, or something else might pop out at you that you, oh, I read the question wrong on that one. Good thing I have a chance to change my answer. Or, oh, I thought about this in a different way. Actually, it's probably C instead of D, or something like that. So take all of the time that you're allotted. If you get done quickly, go back and check your work. That There's not going to be any downside to that. And just pace yourself. Um, you don't have to go through it super quickly. You can take a little time to think about each one, just don't take too long on any one question. Now that we talked a little bit about the, the test itself and the testing center and signing up for the test, let's talk a little bit about how to actually study for this test and some suggestions that are going to make your life easier. Make sure that you listen to this entire course beforehand and that you understand each unit before moving on to the next one, as many of the units that you're going to hear build on the previous material. So if you don't understand what came before it, chances are you're going to have a hard time understanding things going forward. So take your time and try to make sure you have a really firm grasp on things before going on to the next section. 
When you study, you need to study with the exam in mind. It might be helpful to think, if I were writing a question for this section of the test, what question would I ask? Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to see any of the questions specifically that you're going to be asked before you take the test. So that's why it's a good idea if when you're studying, you might take, have something to write with, either that you've got your computer out with a word processor or that you're taking notes on a pencil and paper in a notebook, but to find a way to formulate questions. Okay, if, if I was going to write a multiple choice question about this particular topic, what are the things I should ask? And maybe just keep a, a running bank of these questions. You could create flashcards in order to quiz yourself using these questions to make sure that you really understand what it is you're going to be asked to do in the real test. When trying to find these questions, it is a good idea to take notes and just look for the main ideas. They're, they're not going to ask every single bit of information that you could possibly get out of this course on the test. They are, going, however, going to focus on the main ideas. And so those are the most important things for you to know. If you want to learn the details a little bit better, that's great too. That's only going to make you a better insurance salesman. But it's not essential, necessarily. Another thing that you need to think about when you're studying is that it's much more effective to study for the test a little bit at a time over a period of weeks or even months rather than trying to cram it in all at the end. Your brain can only process information at a certain rate. And if you're doing it slowly, over time, consistently and methodically, your brain is much more likely to retain what you've been learning. You are much less likely to remember everything that you need to know if you try to cram everything in at the last minute. You simply will just forget the some things that you need and your test will suffer for it. And for these tests, you can sign up for them months in advance. So you can set a deadline for yourself, start early, and just make a plan. Say, I'm going to study for 20 minutes every night or half an hour, just however much time you have in your schedule, and commit to doing that consistently. And those small efforts over time are going to pay off big when it comes time to take the actual test. Before the test, you also need to think a bit about taking care of yourself. If you don't feel good, then you are not going to do as well on your test as you could. Having a mind that is alert and is able to easily recall what you've learned depends on taking care of your body, your physical health, and your mental health. Before you take the test, it's a good idea to make sure that you get a little extra sleep the night before so that your body's completely rested. It's also a good idea to have a hearty breakfast. Foods high in protein like eggs, nuts, beans, and meat will help you have sustained energy that you need to concentrate. These foods are high in protein, which will give you energy over the long run. You should avoid sugary foods, as these will only sustain you for a short while before you experience what's known as a sugar crash, where you feel like you have less energy than you did before. So plan for success. Make sure that you are have things in place that allow you to get a good night's sleep and to eat a breakfast that is filling so that your mind can be as alert as possible. Also something that you shouldn't overlook is making sure that you use the restroom before you take the test 
and that you avoid drinking anything shortly before the test so that you don't have to go during the test. A full bladder can affect your ability to concentrate if you're thinking about needing to use the restroom. That is a way that can distract you from thinking about the answers you're going to give to the questions. As a side note, it is possible to actually to use the facilities during the middle of the test, though you have to get signed out and somebody has to take you out of the room. It's, it's quite a process, so it's much better just to make sure you use the facilities before and you don't drink too much in the time directly before, so that won't be another distraction from your body. It's also important to think about how you dress on the day of the test. Make sure that you wear clothing that is comfortable enough so that it doesn't distract you. Wear something that is not too tight, not too restrictive, so that you can change position if you need to without becoming a distraction. All of these things will work together to make sure that you're at the top of your game when you take your test. Now, just at the end, I want to apply something that I talked about earlier in the test by giving you an example about how to narrow down answers in a multiple choice situation. As you might recall, this is a test taking strategy that helps you increase the odds of choosing the right answer when you're not sure. And for this, I didn't pick one from insurance, but something from a more kind of general trivia, just as a way to give an example. The question reads, in what year was the United States Constitution ratified? Was it A, 1615, B, 1776, C, 1788, or D, 1850? Let's say you see this question on a standardized test and you're not exactly sure which of the answers is correct. Let's go through them one by one and see if you can immediately eliminate any of the answers from the running. So we look at first, 1615. That one, as you look at it, you might say, I think we can eliminate that one right away because that is too early. I know You know that the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776, and so 615 would be much too early for the Constitution. So you can get rid of A right away. B, 1776. So you're pretty sure that's when the Declaration of Independence was signed, but you're not sure if that's also the same year that the Constitution came out. So you skip over that one cataloging that as a possible right answer, but not for sure. 1788. As you look at this one, you might think, okay, that's another possible answer. That's a, little, that's a little bit after 1776, but it's still within the zone of possibility. And then finally, you look at 1850. 1850, that is a very long time after 1776. So you think, I think you could probably get rid of that one as well because that's far too late after the Declaration of Independence. I think it's gotta be earlier than that. So by doing this process, you're able to take four answers and narrow them down to two, either B or C. It was either B, 1776, the same year as the Declaration of Independence, or 1788, which is some years after. 
And in this case, it's actually 1788. The Constitution didn't get completely ratified until that time. It was after the, it was after the Revolutionary War. In this case, though, if you didn't know, you could guess and have a 50% chance of being right. This ends the introduction to the course. The next chapter is going to jump right in with chapter one, where we'll start learning the basics about how to study for your insurance exam. Thank you for listening.